Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 113 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Are you threatened by challenges or invigorated by them? How you answer that question may determine whether you have an abundance or a poverty mindset. Join us on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm your co-host, Larry Gates, along with my Armin friend, Armin Asadi. Armin Arsadai. Arsadai. <laughs> About as close as most people get. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we are bringing you the podcast for what's next in life, and Armin want to help you explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and ventures you're made to pursue, because this is the Reinventure Me podcast, and we're sitting at episode... 113. Yeah. Big deal. All right readventure.me slash 113 is where you can find the show notes. And we want to pick up a little bit from what we talked about last week with respect to can drive and contentment coexist. This show is going to be a little bit of not a continuation of that show, but it's very related. And we have a terrific Inspire Me stored up here, don't we, Armin? Indeed. And it's by the... One and only Winston Churchill, he said, the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. And there's a, if there's ever been a person that has a right to say to that say quote. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's for sure. That right. yeah, I, think, I think he was he was one of those been there, done that kind of guys, yep. right? <laughs> and came out on top. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of the quote that says, there are no problems, only opportunities, right. some of which are insurmountable. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. <laughs> you ever have an insurmountable opportunity, I mean? Is that by Anani? <laughs> uh, that, that could be by Anani, oh, yes. Okay. Our favorite. Yes. <laughs> He's a Persian, right? <laughs> In this case, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> You're going to take credit for, for the heritage That's of right. really brilliant quotes, right? Right. Yeah, if it can't be me, it's my culture. <laughs> well, very good. Very good. Well, like I mentioned at the preview here that last week, I mean, you know, you and I talked actually quite a bit about drive and contentment coexisting. And, you know, it got me thinking after our, our episode, we could have spent, I mean, that was a fairly long episode anyway, but right. we could have spent a long time really exploring this. Oh, for sure. And I kind of feel like you can dive the depths of that just out of my own experiences right. with discontent. In fact, I have to tell you that I don't know if you've ever had this situation where I mean, you're preparing a message for church, mm -hmm. you know, and it's on some topic mm -hmm. and it's as if God just like gives you that lesson right there. Right. You know, it's like all that week or the week following you now for have sure. to put into practice the very thing that you were talking about. Oh yeah. So we're doing this episode on <laughs> discouragement, you know, and I was feeling a little bit about it, but man, I had a whole wave of it. Oh wow. 
two days after we recorded that show. Really? Yeah. I had to actually go back. I did this. I literally went back to my show notes and I said, okay, <laughs> absolutely right. My problems right now are feeling it's much bigger than they actually are. Huh. You know, I think tax day had something to do with it. You know, we had oh, a big tax bill yeah, he had to take care of. Me. You know, so that is something. Oh, did I just create a discouragement <laughs> for you? Oh, we already missed the deadline. Yeah, you did. Oh, wow. Perfect. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot about my taxes. Oh, dear. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a nice time to find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, so then we need to carry on a little bit more about this because as I was thinking and, and just working even through my own little bit of just derailment of discontent, even in the last, even in this last week, I had to really think about, all right, what is the mindset that I'm putting on here? Yeah. And that's, what's really bringing us to this show. You know, uh, this is about how to grow your abundance mindset. Hmm. And we all talk about or heard about abundance versus poverty mindsets, sure. right? And I want to just submit, this is a lot like our episode on mindset that we did way back when, episode four, right? Right. Where we talked about having a growth or a fixed mindset from the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, Mm -hmm. a terrific read, and I recommend anybody read it. But basically, this whole idea of abundance or poverty mindset really comes right out of that growth versus fixed mindset thinking. But I think it's crucial for us to think about that in light of if you're dealing with discontent mm-hmm. and, and things are not going quite well for you and you're, you're just struggling with that, it could be that you need to take an inventory about whether you have a, a fixed mindset or a discontented mindset or what, really one that I would say is a poverty mindset mm-hmm. versus one that is an abundance mindset. Now, it's important, I think you and I talked about this, Armin, that our listeners know it's not like you have one or the other. Sure, yeah. It's a, how do you grow in it? Right. right. And that's why we titled this podcast, how to grow your abundance mindset. You actually have some, and some people have more than others. Right. So how, how do we grow that? How do I grow mine? Maybe we should start really with just asking, how do you know whether you have an abundance mindset or a poverty mindset? All right. So we actually put a assessment together that you can take and you can find it on our show notes at reinventure.me backslash 113. As I ask these questions, just remember it's on a scale. So one being rarely or never, or five being always or often. All right. So the first question is, how often do you envy the accomplishments of others? And again, this is scale one to five, one that's rarely, five that's quite often. Two, how often do you see the obstacles rather than the opportunities? Three, how often do you feel like the challenges you have are insurmountable? Four, how often do you feel threatened by the success of others? Five, how often do you feel like you're always limited by your resources? Yeah, and, and there's we, a few more, and we're not going to get into all of them, but I think that's plenty to at least get the ball rolling and get you into a state of self-reflection to be able to know which side you lean toward. Yeah, if after, if after listening to those fives, you're like saying, hey, I don't struggle with any of that stuff. None of that's ever hit me. Right. Then maybe this episode isn't for you because yeah, you know, maybe, yeah, you, you don't need to grow your you should be your abundance mindset at all. Yeah. But if if you felt like there have been times when you know you looked at somebody and you've you've been a little bit envious of them, or it does seem like nothing is in front of me but a bunch of rocks and boulders and hills and right. stuff that I have to Always climb. Stuck and between a hard place and a rock. That yeah. Which is it? Is it the rock or the hard place right. that's harder? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that, right? It's a hardness test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you feel like that, and, and, and that the challenges just seem like they keep coming and coming and coming, and they're relentless, and you're just 
like all of that and, and maybe seeing other people be successful and they don't seem to have nearly as much pain as you've had to get to, to get to be successful. And maybe you're feeling like if you just had some more of something that you could get some things done. Well, if any of those thoughts have crossed your mind at all, then it's possible that you could grow in your abundance mindset. And that's what we need to talk about. Right. Which is interesting because even in the last episode that we did, one of the biggest things that you pointed out was you reading some article and seeing the guy's hallmarks and you instantly. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So if you would say in the last year, you've never struggled with any of that, then turn this episode off. Right. (laughs) Because you don't need it. Or come show us your ways. (laughs) Well, yeah, better yet. Leave all your, leave all your best practices on our show notes for our benefit and the benefit of others. But if you, if you've struggled with any of that stuff and we're just trying to be transparent because this is the stuff that happens to me. I know our mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it happens to you, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I, <laughs> we've talked about it. I don't want to so take I the know. assessment because I, I already <laughs> know the answer. So like, no, I don't want to find out. Yeah. If that's where you're at and just try to be authentic as possible. And that's where we're at. Yeah. Nobody's going to find out because we all have ways we can grow this. So let's talk about this issue because it's out there. Yeah. And we have to be clear about what an abundance mindset means, because right. I think there's a lot of confusion about that. In fact, I think there's a lot of really bad, if I can use the word here in this context, there's bad theology about abundance sure. mindset. Yeah, there really and is. And we got to come clean on that and just talk about that. To me, an abundance mindset is really a bias or a choice you might have to see an opportunity and growth rather than scarcity and loss, especially when you're confronting challenges. So something happens and things didn't quite go the way you want, a little bump in the night. And do you see it as as something that's going to pull something away from you where you're always losing or feeling like you're losing or there's a threat of loss or are you seeing it as a way in which you can gain something? And to me, that's a, the mindset difference. And again, it is very related to the growth and fixed mindset that Carol Dweck talks about in her book, Mindset, which we'll have a link to that book as well because I think that's yeah. worth reviewing. Yeah, that book was a game changer and Carol Dweck is a brilliant mind. Oh. I'm glad she wrote it. Yeah, for sure. As I said, when we talked about that book, that's the one book I would have loved to have sent back to my former self. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> 20, if it were written 30 years ago, right. I would have benefited greatly from yeah. it back then. But, you know, here's the thing. Abundance mindset, and this is where I think we get into real trouble. When I hear it oftentimes in the culture speak about abundance versus poverty mindset, abundance mindset is not the same as making yourself God of the universe. It's not that you have limitless opportunities and limitless resources and and that you can do anything if you just ask the world for it. It isn't the same as saying you can do whatever you put your mind to do, or I grew up with the... I don't know if you had any of this growing up in your culture and your family, but here the, you know, the American dream is, you know, if you can will it, there's a way, um, you can be anything you want to be. All of that kind of culture speak was really strong when I was growing up, this kind of personal human potential achievement, anything is possible kind of thing. And I don't believe that's a healthy view of abundance mindset. I just go on the record for that because we are all flawed. We are all limited And an abundance mindset to me does not mean that you can muster up everything to become all in all and and have total resources at your disposal. You're going to have limitations. You're going to have flaws. You're going to have bad thinking. I mean, we try to talk about some of that in this show. But it's really more about seeing yourself as someone that has something valuable to offer to the world. Right. And regardless of whether it's perfect or not, it has value and it's important to put it out there. 
and that there's always possibilities to grow with it. And whatever anybody else does, no matter how good it is or no matter what they say about what you put out there, it won't diminish you. That's the the healthy, I think, kind of abundance mindset. Right. And I think there's something else that you mentioned earlier that really stuck out to me and you called it an important truth. And I think that would be worth bringing up here. Yeah. Well, when we were doing show prep farming, it just felt to me as I was going through this that the the single kind of epicenter thought here for me, the thing that I have to kind of remind myself, the the truth of it all is that we don't have a abundance or an abundant mindset that comes from us. It comes from another source, the source where true abundance comes from. Right. And that's really what God does. He provides all that we need in order to do the next act of obedience, really the next thing we're intended to do. It's this principle, and I actually have it right here on my desk. It says, I have all the resources I need to do the next thing. Hmm. And when I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lacking and I'm failing and I've got all that discontent that just wells up, I need to come back to that. And I have that as a reminder right there on my desk. It says, I have all that I need, all the resources I need to do the next thing. That's all I need to do. I don't need to worry about the long view here. And, you know, the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is not a source from himself. That's a source outside of himself. So the abundant mindset to me is a recognition of abundance. It's not from ourselves, but from an outside source. Yeah, it's something validating who you are in him rather than you trying to validate yourself based on who you think you are or what you've built yourself to be or whatever. Well, and I find so many people who, and we've talked about the whole validation thing. Right. It really drives us. Right. And we all want to be seen as having something of importance. Mm -hmm. And we feel like that's something we have to muster up and has to be a testament to our own resourcefulness or whatever. And I do believe that there are people who really model that very well. They model true resourcefulness, but it's resourcefulness from an abundance mindset. It's not resourcefulness because they're infinitely capable. Sure. Yeah. You know, and there's a big difference, right? Yeah, there really is. So, I mean, as we talk about these people, what are some of the marks or benefits that these types of people have that have that abundance mindset? Yeah. And there are people who are, have, a high degree of abundant mindset. And there's those of us who have lesser degree. And I, that's, again, something that we can all grow in. Right, it's a but, the, but as we're growing in this, I think the benefits that we get from growing in abundance mindset and really working on this and intentionally thinking about, all right, my own mindset, where do I see my own limitations and how can I grow it? That's really the key here. And I think that the benefits of it, I see three. The first one is less stress and anxiety. I think people that have (laughs) abundance in their mindset are not as stressful. They're not wigged out by everything that happens to them. Yeah. And then somebody who is on the other side of the scale, I look at them and think you're annoying (laughs) because you're never stressed out. (laughs) 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 I want to cause stress for you. (laughs) Well, see, I think, I think whenever we have stress and anxiety, we have to almost go back and say, what's the source of that? Yeah. And we'll find that oftentimes that stress and anxiety we're carrying is because we feel resourceless right. and we feel like we ought to have the resources and we want them now. And yeah. all of that stuff that we talked about in the discontent episode last week. And you know what the interesting thing is, is the people who have that abundance mindset, anytime they're stressed or they're living with this anxiousness, they always can point to what it is. 
and it's it's never something to do with anyone else. It's like I, I'm just not giving myself enough time to rest. I'm not eating right. It, it's something that they're not doing right. They immediately know the answer to it. And you hear someone like me, and I'll blame something. Yeah, that's, well, and that is, that's actually one of the questions. <laughs> that's one of the questions on our little assessment tool that right. you can download. But it, it is about, you know, where do you fix the blame for the problems that you're experiencing and right. the challenges that you have? And, and when you can start to see them as something that you have a contribution to, that's one thing. But the reason I think that the abundant, abundance mindset helps us have less stress and anxiety is that when we're able to see the world as having something that has more than enough for me, you know, that I'm getting it enough and this part back to that contentment episode and why it's so crucial to tie these together that we have a, a way of just letting go of the anxiety of needing to get more. If you're in business, for instance, you don't need to see your competitors as a threat. You know, anytime we view a threat, we're going to go into fight, flight, or freeze. And when we start to see, you know, our business competitors, perhaps if you're in business or even if you're in school and you see your classmates and you're trying to put a project together or whatever, I mean, if you start to see other people as competitive threats, then you're seeing them as from a poverty mindset, not an abundance mindset. Because I believe that if you've got an abundance mindset, you start seeing competitors completely differently, right? That's true. In an abundance mindset, you see competitors of having value. I mean, they they can validate a market. Yeah. I love it when I work with clients and, and I ask them, well, who are their competitors? And, you know, they, they might not say anybody or whatever. Sure. It's like, well, if you don't have a competitor in a market, then we don't know really whether there's a market or not. The presence of someone else in the market helps validate that the market exists. That's true. And in fact, I love to go out to competitors and see their websites and see for my clients, what are some of the industries they're competing in? How are they positioning themselves? Because where they're competing is usually over a period of time they've learned that's where the money is. So they're doing free research for you. You can learn a lot from your competitors, right? Right. They can increase the need for your product or service. Just by virtue of being out there, buyers want alternatives. Right. So if there's somebody there, there's probably room for somebody else to be there. Right. That's goodness for you. When they do well, instead of envying them, use that as a model for you to improve your own performance. You can find what are the best practices. They can challenge your creativity to come up with something new, come up with something different. The presence of a competitor viewed from an abundance mindset is actually liberating and invigorating rather than feeling like, oh, I'm poopy here i can't deliver anything you know (laughs) sorry (laughs) kind of going back to hey i'm a i'm a grandfather again so i get to say those words right but you know i remember a time i mean when i think i shared this in one of our episodes a friend of mine encouraged me to meet my crosstown rival and and had i not trusted him to believe that this crosstown rival who i really didn't want to have any association with because absolutely competing right you know why would i want to sit down and have a conversation with her about where there might be opportunities well it turns out we're really good friends we've shared a lot of business over the years Hmm. as a result of that meeting right and so even the threat of that was like i felt like i needed to protect something i was going to lose something and it wasn't until i stepped out and said oh actually 
there's some real value here. And we had a great relationship as a result. Of the that. risk is always worth it. Yeah. Because you really don't know what the true value is until you take that risk and talk to that person or that competitor and right. see what it could be. It's funny. I actually know friends of mine who used to own their own companies who left their own little tiny startup because they went and talked to a bigger competitor and that bigger competitor ended up buying out their company. Exactly. And put them in an executive role in there. Yeah, you're com- you're competing <laughs> you're competing one days and friends the next. And how often do we shut down other people and relationship with them because we somehow feel threatened by them? Yeah. And so all that does that threat is just creating stress for us. Yeah. Get rid of the stress. Yeah, they're not going to kill you. You're just going to no. learn from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so what else? Well, another mark, I think, of, or of an abundance mindset is that you have more perseverance. When you have this idea that a solution is at hand, that you've got a conviction, you're less likely to give up. You're more likely to see possibilities rather than restrictions. You and I have talked about the movie The Edge a long time ago. You know, right. they're, they're trying to kill this grizzly bear out in the wilderness. Right. And, and Anthony Hopkins says to Alec Baldwin, you know, what one man can do, another can do. And it was his way to inspire <laughs> them, right, into perseverance, into believing he could have hope because right. it had been done before. And when you know that there's a solution, there's a possible solution, especially when you know, hey, somebody else has solved this. If they can do it, I can do it. It has a way for you to become successful by persevering. And I like what Heidi Grant Halverson had said about that in her book, Succeed. She said, it's not whether you think you have the ability that matters. What seems to be most important in achieving a goal is whether or not you think you can get the ability. Right. And that is an abundance mindset that you're saying, you know, I don't necessarily need to possess it today, but I need to know that it's out there and I can actually acquire it. Right. And that's almost the same way that Carol Dweck breaks down the difference between growth and fixed mindset as right. well. Yeah, yep. that's yep. good. Exactly. So, and then you had one more. I'm curious what that was. Well, that was the, the third mark, I think, of an abundance mindset is that you're more generous. And this is, I think, really the hallmark of an abundance mindset. Because when we're content with what we have and we believe that we have more than enough, I don't mind giving something away. Sure, yeah. And I can always tell whether somebody has a poverty slash fixed mindset or an abundance growth mindset is in how they are generous with their time, mm-hmm. with their expertise, with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I was troubled. I mean, when I started the Amnion Crisis Pregnancy Center 20 years ago, you know, we it was a small crisis pregnancy center in the Twin Cities area here. And we were out talking to pastors of churches to say, hey, come on board and help us with this nonprofit. We need your help in two ways. We need to, you know, be great if you could give to the ministry through as a mission, support it through your church. Right. And can we, you know, talk to your congregation or to some of the people in your in your body there to help us because we need volunteers and, you know, whatever. And I, I was saddened by how many pastors we had wonderful support, but I was saddened by the pastors and how many of them, frankly, were apprehensive about our involvement because they didn't want us approaching their congregation because they felt like if they gave money to this ministry, they wouldn't give money to their church. Mm-hmm. It's this zero-sum game. You win, I lose. Right. And it's that win-loss kind of thinking that is evidence of a poverty mindset. Right. And instead of thinking that, you know what, when your 
your people are activated in a mission they care about, they're going to be more engaged. Right. They're going to give more. And it's probably going to, it's going to rise all boats. You know, it's like a rising mm-hmm. tide lifts all boats. But that's a thing when you're feeling threatened, you want to just control. And I cannot tell you how many leaders I've seen that exhibit that kind of behavior. If you win, or if I do this for you, then I end up losing. Yeah. And I've seen this even in trying to get people to promote my ministry, right? And the common answer, it's almost like this pat answer is, if I do it for you, I have to do it for everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then you're not applying critical thinking. You don't have to do it for me, but you should do it for somebody. Right. It, it, you know, just to say you're not, you're going to have to do it for everybody is saying I have to pay now to basically the cost of having to do it for everybody. Right. So I'm just going to make the decision. I'm not going to do it for anybody. Well, to me, that's a, that's a poverty mindset, not an abundance mindset. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny how often you even see that when it comes to churches getting planted next to another church, you know, oh, even, yeah. even if it's like a mile away, it's like a church that's got 80 people in it. They're afraid they're going to steal their sheep. Yeah, that's what like I've heard, you're right? You're in a city of like 50,000 people. You got 80 people that go to your church. Yeah. I want to say if, <laughs> if you lose your sheep to another church, then you haven't been doing a very good job tending your sheep. That's what I want to say. Right. People are not things to program and to right. control, right? Yeah. And if you can't show the value of what you're doing, step up your game. Yeah. Bring it up. Yeah. You know, instead of hoarding it, instead of trying to protect it, instead of being threatened by it, See it in the abundance. Use that opportunity to say, what am I learning here? If people are leaving my church or if people are leaving my business or people are whatever, yeah. or if I'm losing friends, yeah. you know, it's like that line from despair.com dysfunction. Just remember the common denominator and your, all your unsatisfied relationships is you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. So think about those things that you're seeing that are loss and think about what does that mean for how you can create gain? Yeah. And that's having an abundance mindset rather than just derailing or, or bemoaning your loss. I mean, I, I think even for those pastors, I almost want, you know, I kind of want to ins- encourage them in a sense and saying, you know, you, the opportunity isn't that you're going to lose people. You have, tens of thousands of people that can actually walk into your church at this point. You you don't, you, you don't need to hoard it. Like it's your last supper. It's not, you know, you got, you got 40,000, 50,000 more suppers right here. If that's the way you're looking at people is the way you feed yourself. Right. It's just, I think the guy who took a few fish and several loaves of bread and was able to feed 5,000 with it, I think right. uh, that, there's no poverty mindset there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. what do we have? Well, we don't have very much. Right. Okay, but I know who does, right. and here you go. We, yeah. can, we, we can still pick up leftovers. Yeah. That's an abundance mindset. It's Absolutely. definitely not a poverty mindset. Yeah. So I guess the question comes down to is, and I guess I'm not even bringing up that, example of pastors that have that issue as if like i don't have that issue i do oh, no, I agree i do I too completely empathize with them oh you know, totally I just do it on another level yes so i guess the question comes to is how do you grow your abundance mindset then because we all have it we just some of us lack it in a sense right or we don't utilize it or don't know how to grow it yeah well there's probably many ways to do it but i think of three right off the bat first you have to affirm that what you have is enough 
And that's back to that contentment. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, that'd be a good place to start. But you really do have everything you need right now to do what's being required of you to do. And when you get a hold of that as a truth, and that's a truth I've had to come back to time and time again. And and it's something, as I said, I have it on my desk, and maybe you just put it on a stick-it note on your own wall, just as a daily reminder, you know, that you have all the resources you need to do the next thing. Right. That's all you need. Yeah. Just to remember that. Yes. And that helps me just kind of get my head right. But I think sometimes you put something in the head and it leaks out, you know, within an hour or a half an hour, yeah. it's gone because now you've confronted the challenges of the day and you're right back to where you started again. So the second thing I would suggest is that you get with others who are going to inspire you in your vision and the value of it. You know, we all need cheerleaders. I mean, I know you've got cheerleaders in your life. Your wife is a huge cheerleader, as mine is as well. But we need cheerleaders and advocates and mentors and coaches and Sherpas or whatever you want to call them, people who have been there. Sherpas. Yeah, you know what a Sherpa (laughs) is, right? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So we need people who've been there and have our best interests at mind. I like the idea of a Sherpa because they've been there and they're there to protect you from falling into the crevasse (laughs) and they're there to get you to the summit, you know? And so you get a Sherpa in your life like that because they're, they're going to help you get there. But oftentimes we don't think about that. We think, well, I've got to muscle through this. And especially if you have a poverty mindset, it's more likely than not you're isolated. And so a quick way to grow your abundance mindset is to find someone who's been willing or could be willing to invest in you, even if you have Mm. to ask them. But here's this third one I think is the really hard one. And and this is the one I think where the big payoff is. And and that is if you affirm what you have is enough and you get with others that inspire you now, the third one is really be a cheerleader or a spotlight for someone else Mm -hmm. because there's no better way to grow your abundance mindset than to help someone else grow theirs. That is really where the rubber hits the road. And I think once you start giving of yourself and investing in somebody else's life and encouraging them and motivating them and visiting with them and just trying to find out how you can help them intentionally. And you do that on a regular basis. The more you give to someone else, the more you find it's going to come right back for you. Right. It's probably one of the greatest investments that you can make, whether you want to do it or not. I think it's one of those things that you can't afford not to do. This is how you build influence. This is how you get people to back you. This is how you get people to support you and help you and bring things to you and right. connect you. I feel like we should do an entire episode just on this one thing because well, it's Well, you know, one of important. our listeners suggested that, that we do an episode just on this, how do we cultivate and develop community? And yeah. I think that's probably a good thing for us to do. But find somebody you can mentor or help that person that you've been at odds with. I mean, just doing that, I think, will get rid of some of the stress, perhaps, of that. But here's one that really made a difference for me. Earlier on in my career, I finally realized that I needed to commit to making my boss look great and help her, in this case, succeed. Mm -hmm. And when I had that mental shift that said, my job is not to make me look good, it's to make my boss look good, it was huge, Mm -hmm. huge shift for me. And that was a mental shift that I just like, okay, now how can I, and without having, wanting to get the credit with not wanting to try to, you know, suck up, but my job really is how do I come along and make my boss succeed? Right. And if you're listening and you think maybe I don't have a boss or I have multiple bosses, just answer the question, who do I see as my leader today? Yeah. And it might be something random. You know, I've heard one of my wife's friends say, well, my husband, fine, make him look great. It doesn't have to be a boss. It's no, just, 
make somebody else look great. Yep. That's just, that's just it. I mean, it, when you have an abundance mindset, you don't mind doing that because it's something you can give away. It costs you nothing. Right. You know, just do that. Yeah. So why don't we, and I'm scared to do this as usual, take it to the challenge because <laughs> obviously this is one of those episodes I'm going to have to apply the challenge. What is the challenge that you're going to throw away this list with this one? Well, a challenge is to write, I will have an abundance mindset. I will have an abundance mindset a hundred times. times on a chalkboard <laughs> until your hands go dry. <laughs> no, it's very simply, if this is something where you feel like, you know what, I really need to just be honest with myself and I can grow my abundance mindset. I don't want to be envious. I don't want to feel like I'm not resourceful. I don't want to feel like obstacles are always getting me down. If all that is true for you, then just take one of the steps that we suggested here. You know, Affirm that what you have is enough. Get with some others who will inspire you and be a cheerleader for another. Pick one of those or do all three and or leave an idea on our show notes. That would be a great way to yeah, just say, hey, what are, what are your ideas for how you grow your abundant mindset? Because I'd love to learn that too. I, I need to work on this continually for myself. Right. Well, that is all the time that we have. Larry, thank you for all your insights. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please make sure to check it out at reinventure.me backslash iTunes and leave a review. If you would just like the show notes, just go to reinventure.me backslash 113. And on our website is the easiest way for you to get all the episodes without having to do much work. We'll send it to you each time we release it. So just sign up on reinventure.me with your email and we'll get it to you. And the best way to get in contact with us, and it's our favorite way, is by calling us at 612-314-5447. For now, this is Armin Asadi and Larry Gates bidding you adieu. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>